Welcome to the Natchcast. I'm Mark Brush, one of your hosts, and I have allergies. This week on the Natchcast, we drink gullet sleuth coffee, not to be confused with bulletproof coffee. And we talk about recent headlines from the business of making natural food. This is episode 002. Vegan! I'm at foodnavigatorusa.com. Yeah. This is a go-to site for insiders. Let me tell you. Let me see who wrote this article. I know these people. Elaine Watson, pro. Yeah. Pro. Thorough. Although there is something about this article that is, maybe because it's like a single source. Yeah, it's, a, it seems like a, there's a little like bit a of a product pitch. A little bit of a product pitch going on here, but that's okay. Could the water lentil be the next big thing in plant-based protein? Uh, I mean, it could. And it's funny to me that Parabell was formerly Petroalgae, mm. which was the next big thing in biofuel once upon a time. <laughs> what are you doing? You looking at notes? Aren't you? You're looking at the freaking article. Look, I'm going to read you. we got to tell people what the whole premise is of the article. Let me find it. You just did. You said could water lentils. Well, that was just the headline. All right. Well, so this company, Parabell, that's making this big pitch to Food Navigator. Any good ingredient surrounded by IP and technology and, you know, it has to have a name. The name of the ingredient is Lentine. Lentine. Lentil protein. Oh, I get it. Yeah, okay. It's pretty clever. But, I mean, what's marvelous about it, right, is that it can be harvested daily. It just grows on the water's surface. Uh, but it is. But it, what's weird is the article also says that it's hard to grow. So they're growing it in, I think, Uganda, Mexico. and Yeah. It's, it's grown in Asia. I'm, I'm reading from the article. From That's a, a good idea. From Elaine's article on Food Navigator USA. It's our first news story of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just go to the beginning here. A new form of non-GMO plant-based protein boasting an amino acid profile comparable to whey. Now, that's a big deal. Whey is is like the best single-source protein. uh, Muscle milk. Yeah, Yeah, whey is gross. Plus high levels of calcium and other nutrients is now available in commercial quantities from Parabell LTD Limited, which has developed a proprietary process, thank God. Yeah, because we don't want other people to get at that. Yeah, no one else can dry it in the Never. sun and for produ- grind it up. Oh, I bet it's more complicated yeah, for maybe. producing ingredients from water lentils. A free-floating seed-producing microaquatic plant that thrives in freshwater ponds. You uh, put people to sleep with this shit. No, that might be a problem. <laughs> Do we have any fresh water left? It needs. To, it needs to be salt water. The oceans are rising. What? Well, there won't be fresh water. Ice is melting. That's fresh water. Just. The water lentil is arguably the world quote world's most nutritionally nutritionally complete and sustainable food source. That's claims Parabell, yeah. <laughs> coming from the company that makes it, which has offices in Melbourne, Florida, Florida, a lot of fresh water down there, USA, Florida. It can grow in wetlands and lagoons. That's Abu Dhabi, and is building a growing facility in Uganda. So here's what, here's my problem. Yeah. Guess what? I have a problem. I got a problem, too. I'm a little bit tired of, like, is this the next blank? Yeah. Is this, this what is the world's us? most blank. We know that we're going to figure something else out, and there will be a new most blank. Yeah. 
right? So it's great. It's great that it's sustainable. It's great that, as you said, you can kind of do it uh, in Uganda. Well, yeah, Although, but then you, you can harvest what? it daily, supposedly. Like it grows so quickly that you can harvest it. Yeah, daily on a right. daily basis. Right. Uh, there's something now. I'm now I'm a little I'm, I'm a little peeved again. I mean, it's saving us from having to turn to insects for a protein source. Well, that's that's common. So algae's been around forever. Not forever. It has been around for a forever. while. <laughs> As a nutritional ingredient that might save the world from apocalypse. Well, water is, lentil is not an algae. But it's like the next in line from algae. It's sure. like another sort of you grow it in a pond, you skim it off, you turn it into a food ingredient. And the history of these companies is petrochemical. It's right. It's like we want to create a new fuel. We're going to use a shitload of traditional out of fuel algae to make and plants, algae into a fuel. Which is sustainable, might be cleaner. I don't know if it's cleaner. I don't my Good for Parabell. Good for Lentine. Good for I will them. never call it Lentine. They really got their press release <laughs> through the gates. I will never <laughs> call it Lentine. I will only call it water lentils yeah. because that's what it is. Okay. And I believe in non-proprietary food sources. Do you? Yeah, I do. And, uh, you know, maybe. Yeah. It's kind of like maybe. Insects, water lentils. This is, this is, if somebody said, I'm going to serve you a water lentil infused cracker this here's a cracker josh yeah it's made out of water lentils what do you think well i give them points for actually being able to make a green cracker which garden of eaton wasn't able to pull off stuck on kale corn chip yeah but all the food samples that they had pictures of in that article looked rather disgusting they weren't very except for the smoothie the green smoothie looked good yeah the protein bar and the chip you gotta you gotta dip that in chocolate my friends (laughs) no one's gonna eat that green did you see that kind bar you didn't see this. I could have thrown it in the news of the week. FDA sent a sent a letter to Kindbar said, "Stop calling your crap healthy." Ooh, it's not. It's full of sugars and full of this and full of that, and you can't claim this and that. And that's another, you know, sort of the. Uh, oh boy, I'm trying to fend off an allergy attack. Oh, you can. I'll be all right. Can you hear it in my voice? Well, it's taking away from your your curminess, which is something. Uh, Kerminess. Oh, there's Kermit. Damn it. <laughs> Piggy. So this well, this needs to be explained real briefly that my wife, Jenny, listens to the podcast when I force her to. And the pretty much the only feedback I got was you sound like Kermit the Frog. Yeah. You got, no, I got. <sighs> Whoa, that was very good. <laughs> I can't even control it. <laughs> you made me cough. Um, Judge John Hodgman. You listen to John Hodgman podcast ever? Yeah, sometimes. He's got a high voice. He does. She compared me to that. Which but I he, took he, as a great he lacks the kerminess. You have the kermy factor, which what is does sort that of that. Mean? It's like nasal? high, but there's like yeah, it's a little nasal. There's like a, a little bit of egg on the voice box. It's good. I think it sounds good. People love Kermit. All right. Well, I'll, I'll bring Kermit back soon. Kermit, he just he comes flying out every time you get excited. You're like, Whoa! <laughs> sheesh. And then the pro move is when you're going to do that, you turn away from the mic, uh-huh. so it sounds like you're fine. Yeah. The Bill Burr effect. Yeah, I guess, maybe. Uh, so the verdict on water lentils is... I don't know. They also said it could be used for pet litter and bioplastics. Well, this is, but see, this is the way it happens. Yeah. You got to do it. They try and find as many, you know, they're throwing well, it everywhere, seeing well, what sticks. There, yeah, there's that. But there's also, there's kind of a, a chain of command here. And there's, where is it biggest? I mean, think of ethanol, corn and ethanol, right? You create oh. something, a food as fuel, and there's a big... Oh, I just did that, sorry. 
But it's the same problem. That, There's a big market the, for it. So the, you go into animal, you go into feed, you go into fuel. These are all sort of it's called more diversifying volume, your portfolio, right? Lower price points. Can't charge as much. So everybody kind of wants to get into the human nutrition, get it into a cracker. Yeah. yeah. Moving on to the next news story. Oh, so uh, what was Oh, I didn't write down the title. I think it was Stop Demonizing Almonds. Yeah. The Gizmodo article by Alyssa Walker. It's a pretty good one. Um, she was responding to a bunch of uh, a Mother Jones article and a bunch of other articles they were using, I think, the same infographic saying that almonds were terrible because they used so much water. Mother Jones uh, has been all over that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a good article. She buries the lead a little bit, but, I mean, the point is that uh, you have to look at the return, right? Like, yeah, you're using a lot of water to grow almonds, but almonds keep people really full, and they're expensive. So you're bringing a lot of money back into the economy, right? It seemed to be very good for the local California kind of local. Yeah. It's like the seventh largest And I believe she says that, like, alfalfa is the one that's, like, she does using way alfalfa. more water. and But alfalfa is used to feed livestock. You bet it is. And then the livestock need a shitload of water, too, right? So... To solve the water crisis, we need to stop eating red meat, probably, and pigs and shit. Duh! Just saying. Duh! Duh, Alyssa, who? Alyssa, no, that's, she doesn't make that oh. some big reveal. Okay, good. I'm just saying that, because it's honestly something I didn't even think of. Oh, I like that. My headline. obsession was with, like, oh, I should be, I'm wasting water here, I don't need, I turn the faucet off, take shorter showers, don't beat off in the shower. Jesus. Um, anything I can do to cut... <laughs> Water use, you this, know? All right. So anyway. <laughs> but yeah, eating less red meat, which I don't eat a lot of, but, you know, you go out to a restaurant, they got a nice steak on the menu. <coughs> you need some water. I <laughs> can't. I, I, there's no way to avoid that. But here, here, I'll read a quote from the article. That's nice. Yes, do so that. It's a nice quote. Farmers are essentially converting water into a healthy food, which can be consumed in a variety of ways to make money and jobs for the people who live here. Isn't that the kind of food we should be producing in an economically devastating drought? Probably. Or we could just start eating locusts. Yeah. Quit being sissies. Eat some fucking bugs. Will we ever do that? Eat I, I bugs? Think we, well, I think we might, but it's like sort of this long term. You can't flip a switch. You can't no, flip you a switch can't. and tell people, oh, almonds are actually okay, but not good enough. We're all going to die if you don't eat bugs. We'd all just die. I don't think we'd all let ourselves die if we had to I bugs. think we'd dramatically winnow the herd. Well, that would be wonderful. I mean, oh! that would be terrible. Yeah, what are you talking oh, Jesus, every human life, Josh. No, no, life is sacred and all that, but, I mean, the sad fact is... Too many people. Too many people. Too many people. So this is the, the culling mechanism? <laughs> yeah. Whether or not you can adapt to insect proteins? Yeah, and honestly, that that is kind of nice, because in most models, it's like the people in developing countries that get screwed, but... People in Africa, they eat, they eat bugs. They deep fry bugs. Yeah, they'd be like... If there's a big cricket swarm, they're like, fucking buffet. You know what else they do? They grow lentine. Yeah. We're the <laughs> idiots. We're like, no, we're going to use all the resources. We're going to use hundreds of gallons of water to produce a hamburger. Yeah. That has a bunch of poop in it. <laughs> we're geniuses. Good story. So it's, so it's, it's more complicated than you think. Well, the other thing, too. Almonds aren't the... De That's weird, right? Almonds are getting demonized by, like, the left progressive thinking news organizations mm, I when think, um, almonds are pretty good when you compare I think you're right I think she's right compare them to red meat compare them to like the well also she points out that they it's it's a raw food yeah it doesn't require a bunch of processing and a lot of the food processing requires extra water so I'm going with this one right 
Microbiome. Moody Microbes. Yeah, did you read that? I did. So this is um, I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it close to home. This is Food Navigator USA's partner site, Nutri Ingredients USA. Is Real this- quick, let me interject something about Food Navigator site that's intensely annoying. The actual design of the site. Uh, it's a design element of the site. Yeah. No, but the thing is, okay, when you go to their site, yeah. I was trying to copy and paste Paravel yeah. LTD, and it like has this ridiculous pop-up saying you that the material's blocked. copyrighted. Yeah. Stupid. It is stupid. It's so dumb. Very dumb. Other sites, there's a better way of handling it. I've seen other sites where when you copy text and then paste it somewhere, when you paste it, it comes with a little uh, tail that says, like, that has the original link and a little copyright note. Right. Which is way more sensible. Right? Because you don't want, I mean, it, it ties into what we're going to talk about probably with the food bay, but you want people to be able to pull accurate information from your site. You want them to share it. And put it somewhere. That's, that's 80s, You're 90s sitting there, you're making thinking. me retype Parabell. I misspelled it the first time. I had to go back. Well, guess what? Uh, there have been moments. And clearly, Food Navigator was just copy and pasting out of Parable's damn press release. Oh, you don't, oh, perhaps. No, there's some good reporting in there, too. I'm just teasing. Well, no, she's, look, there's good reporting on the site by her. I don't know if that article is an example of that. I was just interested in water lentils. Right. Ooh, there's a new one. Hey, let me get all excited. Get rid of that stupid pop-up. That you're, pop-up you're, is you're, so it's annoying. valuable information. You want people to be able to copy and paste it. If I someone's taking the time to copy and paste it, they're probably going to copy and paste the link. And You're a podcast bully. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that. You're saying it too loud. On the blog, I've tried many times to, you know, do one of those quick sort of cut and paste and reformat it, and here's the block quote of what you said. It, it keeps me from doing it, and so I say, screw yeah. you. I'll get the news somewhere else yep. and give it to them. Yeah. yeah that's get rid weird. of that pop-up. It's weird thinking. I think it's the legacy of a, it's a strictly B2B media thing, and it's like, we need to control our copy. Yeah. Ah, eh, whatever. Yeah. So you know what the microbiome is? What's the microbiome? Something lives in your belly. <laughs> It's the universe of flora and bacteria that we host and keep healthy or not. Yeah, we're our own little universe. There's all sorts well, of I things. Can't, living I think it's inside ten us. to one. I think I think it's still ten to one. I, mean, I think it's ten to one for cells and like a hundred and one for DNA within cells. What's us versus what's something else that we host? Mm-hmm. So for every cell that is Josh Tyson. There are 10 cells of just random bugs living in your gut. They're Tyson your, bugs, though. They're up your bugs. butt. Yeah, every, you got different... You got up my butt. You got microbiomes everywhere. Wouldn't they be kind of down my butt? Because I think they're coming from the inside. No, they're just hanging around... Oh, Jesus. In your deep crevice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That's for a later podcast. Um, to get that out. Well, whatever. No, it's fine. It's good stuff. Talk about my ass whenever you want. Yeah, sure. Why not? So, yeah, so these microbes... So that's the microbiome. And what we're finding is there was this big breakthrough in in sort of public research. Remember the Human Genome Project? We figured out, Mm -hmm. sequenced our DNA. This is what we are. Human Microbiome Project has had some breakthroughs, but it's this sense that we are super organisms. It's not just us. Our health depends on us plus all that other stuff. We're an ecosystem. Yes, yeah, NPR did a whole series on gut. Oh, health. sure, it's, it got big because of the, those. And they touched on the fact that gut health had links to depression. Oh, 
Well, this is this sort of brain-gut connection. Mm-hmm. Everybody sort of suspects there's a lot of stuff going on. There's also gut-mouth is the entry point for a lot of health concerns. Sure. But this was actual scientific proof to the article. Nathan Gray plus... Why does it have a plus here? By Nathan Gray mm-hmm. plus. I think his name's Nathan Gray. Yeah. In Maybe fact, I know some it. help. Moody microbes? Gut bite. That's not, that's not done. Gut bacteria found to play key role in serotonin production. Or as you would pronounce serotonin. Serotonin? Serotonin? Nah, you just mispronounce everything I've ever heard. <laughs> Our gut microbiota. May, biota? Biota. Oh, look who's mispronouncing Every now. podcast, we got to have a word we don't know how to pronounce. May play a vital role in driving our mood by regulating the production of serotonin in the intestines and blood, say researchers. So, you know, you can go on to the blah, 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 lots of cell, ma- cell uh, the scientific journal Cell, that's legit. Oh, you know, what this says is kind of, they've proved, they're proving it. That what you eat can affect your microbiome and therefore your physiology and therefore... Your health, you're not just your health, but your brain health, your mood health. You are what you eat. Yeah, duh. (laughs) So what does that mean? That means maybe if you're feeling down, like it might be just as effective. Oh boy, I don't want to give bad advice. People are sad. (laughs) Eat some yogurt. We are not doctors. (laughs) Eat some good and delish probiotic pretzel bites. Uh, I think that was, I'm not sure that was a good purchase by you. I didn't buy it. Oh. I was just saying it was a deal of the day that was out there. Oh, okay. No, that looked gross. Yeah. Oh. Maybe, maybe my tongue wasn't firmly in a, yeah, I didn't, I didn't in get cheek. That. Yeah, not you thought I was being serious? I thought there was a little bit of I bought this. Oh, no. Mm. No, it was mostly just a, a curiosity. Because it was... Well. well, it's evidence that this probiotic thing is really catching on if Walgreens private label products... They're, what, they're, they the have pro- a bunch of probiotic. They have a probiotic snack mix and stuff. Yeah, but is, and so that's great. And I think you can freeze dry probiotics or whatever, so they <laughs> remain active. <laughs> probiotics, but uh. are, but most probiotic <laughs> products are kept in the refrigerator, right? I can't not cough from that. <laughs> probiotics, you gotta be kidding me! So the technology, ha- this you're exactly right. Shelf stability, life on shelf. Probiotics were dinged for a long time. These are living things, right? Mm-hmm. You want them to be healthy gut micro. If they're in a box of food that sits there for nine months, you bought that product and all those things were probably dead. There was no real great benefit from your yeah. probiotic intake. Massive advances in the technology. A lot by a company called Ganaden with their BC30 product. You can micro-encapsulate this stuff and protect it from heat they're putting probiotics in straws. You would do that. You'd have your gullet sleuth coffee, gullet sleuth coffee, and like line it with a probiotic. That seems and a bit. then suck it right up. I, I'd actually just buy probiotic vitamins that my kids uh, eat, and I eat some of them too. I'm I'm pretty much a yogurt guy. You got oh, yogurt because that's a huge difference. Get it from the yogurt. The vitamins are kept in the refrigerator. It's just a little disc of probiotics. They're not probiotics. <laughs> probiotics are not a thing. I eat yogurt too. Uh, kombucha has probiotics. You bet it does. Yep. I gotta brew another batch. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm way behind. 
Your scopey's still up there? It's sleeping in the fridge. They can they can hand out for a long time. They tell you the, to, that they can only be in the fridge for a few months, but I've had... That one I gave you was in the fridge for like five months. It was fine. <laughs> Snoozing. No wonder it took like three or four batches to get up to speed. No, it didn't. It, oh, it, it looked like a pig fetus. They all look like a pig fetus. No, now they look like a nice, healthy, round mushroom. Oh, we'll see. Yeah. But it's a it's a hearty scoby. You don't want some it's the same one. weak scoby that's... I'm living, living off that mother. That's right. Word that to the mother. Word to the mother. And speaking of word to the mother... <laughs> 40 ounces to freedom. Yeah, good pick, Josh. Yeah, no, actually not a great... It's an old article, but I stumbled across it. Uh, I grew up drinking 40 ounces of malt liquor. You grew up? Not grew up, grew up, but like came up, whatever. In high school, we drank lots of 40s. This was your way to F the man? It honestly was, and she points it out in the article. Um, I like this quote of hers. The author is uh, Besha Rodell. The article was in Punch. Punch. Which I'd never heard of. I think now she's a food critic for LA Weekly. This article is like from 2013. But it had some interesting We're not afraid to go back. 40 ounces. I'm not. Because I was thinking about 40s. I don't even because remember what led me here. But. The social media maelstrom. Who gives a shit? Yeah. It's, Come on. It's out there. We need wisdom inside the knowledge. Listen Let's go this. back and remember and evaluate and connect and Let's feel good it. about all the news we get flowing through our heads and have it make some sense. Make it happen. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so this quote, it was as if the 40 was a universal language amongst disaffected American teenagers from all walks of life. And that's true. <laughs> I think my friends became aware of 40s through. I wouldn't say that's the most provocative quote you could have picked from the article, but that's OK. And it encapsulates because kind of that's that's where I connected with 40s. I mean. We started drinking them because we saw them in hip-hop videos, and, and probably even more so because it was a big part of skate culture at the time. That's what I'm thinking. Because that's back when we were wearing, like, gigantic pants, oh, kind of dressing like clowns, and pretty much everything that we did was a way of saying, fuck you, suburbia, we don't like it here. Mm. And 40s fit perfectly with that, but then what she points out, and this is Clown true. pants and malt liquor. Is you, like, become very accustomed to drinking 40s, and it kind of becomes a yardstick. You know there's a big difference between a 140 night and a 240 night Oof. and a, the occasional 340 night. And Whoa! And most 40 drinkers have their brand. For our crew, it was Colt 45. What was your crew? It was uh, my friend Greg that I was just talking no, about. No, did it have a name, the crew? We, the Southside Church of Billy D. <laughs> Because Billy D. Williams was a uh, spokesperson for Colt 45. Uh, the so power of Colt 45. It works pause, every time. Let's all pause. South Side Church of Billy D. Yeah. In the house. In the house. Representing. You are such a different human being from me. I know. And we would sit in, in parks and drink 40s until the police shine lights on us and we'd run away. When was but, this? How old were you? Uh, was 19, maybe 18. Oh. It was like tail end of high school. Senior year. Okay. Well, she gives you the history of malt liquor a little bit, that it's been around since the 30s. I think coming out of the Depression, it was like a cheaper way to make malt liquor with, I, I think it's called malt liquor, but I think maybe there was like a malt I'm getting deficit tired. or something. But uh, And then in the 60s, they started advertising it, uh, aiming advertising at African Americans. I want to hear more about the Church of Billy By D. the 80s, Billy D. Williams was, oh. the, I think he was the first malt liquor spokesperson. And then St. Ides, uh, the guy who... who founded St. Ives, which is a different malt liquor company, he 
went out and actively endorsed like uh, I think Snoop Dogg and some yeah. and Ice Cube and shit. I never liked St. Ides. Colt Forty Five was the flavor for me. In fact, Colt Forty Five made a product called the Double Malt. So you know, most forties they have a really small opening at the top. Yeah. The Double Malt was was it forty five ounces? It might have been, and it had a, a bigger <sighs> opening. Bigger's better. And around the same time that they started selling Double Malt. Wide mouth. At the liquor store close to our house. And by that time, we had a friend who was 21 who would buy it for us. My friend Greg, uh, his mom. Don't out him on this podcast. I'm saying his last name, man. Okay. My friend Greg, his mom was a big Costco shopper. She Greg Carroll? Famous skateboarder? No. Oh. But she bought, like, this big thing of tangerines. And so we would peel the tangerines and we'd drop tangerine slices into the wide mouth of the 40. Now we're getting somewhere. And it had, like, it gave it almost. Not only is that a little bit effete and uh, fancy, which might be the same as effete. Feet. Yeah. Yep. Oh, good. Now you learned how to pronounce it. Um, but that you're getting a little vitamin C in there, huh? That's like yeah. you got a functional ingredient inside that. That's right. Can of. Yeah. Disaster. I mean, malt liquor is. I have not had a forty ounce in probably a decade, maybe. And I, the last time I did, it I'm sitting here right now. Havoc on my insides. It oh, made me have to. Don't come on. Use the bathroom. Yeah. Every podcast. No, but see, Every you're the one podcast. who said up my butt. You were the one well, who was talking but I about you. Uh, you broke the seal there, my friend. I broke the I have never broken that seal. Okay, <laughs> I I do believe that uh, it, it conditioned my gut. I think I have a a pretty durable gut from all those years of drinking t- near toxic malt liquor. You know, it was like it's a fine it like line. My, it was like my stomach was working the bag. Building up strength. I think we ought to get a doctor on here and test that hypothesis. Have you never had a 40? I don't think I've ever had a 40. Uh, we need we need to fix that. No, I don't think we do. you got to try it. you got to drink one 40. you got to finish it Ooh. and just see how you feel. We have the one drink every podcast, huh? Maybe for our 10, 10th anniversary, <laughs> 10, 10 episode anniversary, we'll, episode both drink, we'll each drink a 40. Uh, that sounds good. That actually like sounds really, really now. terrible. <laughs> Does that sound good? That's but the I podcast think, that goes an hour and a half. But we suffer for our users. They would, yeah. Our listeners would love that. Maybe we should drink the 40 and then do the podcast. Yeah. As we drink a second 40. Look. Right. Got any more news this week, Josh? Well, we wanted to talk about the food, babe. Oh, let's do this one. Let's end on this one. Because the gawker. Uh, the gawker? Have you heard of that? It's, the, it's not the gawker. Gawker. Oh, sorry. The Gawker. No. <sighs> is it Gawker or who wrote it? Uh, her name is Yvette D'Entremont. 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 No. The article is called The Food Bay Blogger. I think. Full uh, of shit. I don't think. She's, she, she's contributing, right? Go to the scroll to the bottom. There's probably some bio, right, that says. What does it matter? Yeah, I want to know who she is. She's the, she holds a bachelor's degree in theater and chemistry. Theater? Yeah. We're going to rag on the food, babe? Oh, I guess chemistry. I'm not ragging on the food, babe. You can rag on the food, babe. I'm talking about Michelle Dontremont. Yvette Dontremont? Well, she has a master's degree in forensic science, a background working as an analytical chemist. Oh, here we go. Good. She runs Science Babe full-time. Ah! Science huge, Babe? Huge red flag. I mean, I mean don't fight call fire it Science fire Babe. I mean, that's one of the dumbest things about the food, babe, is that she's called the food, babe. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, her site has become a reliable mix of debunking pseudoscience with humor and science. Good. Good and bad, but good. Good. For, I'm sorry, what's the first name? Yvette or Michelle? Yvette. Yvette? Yvette. Yvette. Good, okay. Um, All right, I'm curious. Let's go. Did you read the article? 
I did, but I'm gonna pretend like I didn't. Why? I don't know. Oh, okay. Podcast I mean, I, decorum. Oh, okay. Well, no, I mean, I liked the article because I don't, I don't like a lot of the things that Vani Hari <clears throat> represents, which is just kind of a half-ass culture where you can just, uh, you know, the bare minimum is okay. And you, uh. and I think people, I think, like you were talking about the 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 tidal wave of information out there on the internet, right? Yes. It's very useful, but it becomes like this, I don't, I don't even know if know it's a crutch, it's, yeah. but you can say, oh, well, I read it somewhere. So it's true. It is a topic. Oh, here it is. Science minded among us understand a substance can be used for more than one thing perfectly safely. This is the notion of a specific chemical in yoga mats that was also in, I think, Subway, Subway bread. sandwich bread. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid. Um, uh, and it doesn't mean that your bread is... Okay, I shouldn't have said that. It's made of a yoga mat. If it happens to, ca- to contain... I should let you say this. Zada carbonamide. Oh, yeah, because you did a real bang-up job. Which is, which is FDA-approved as a dose-softening agent. So see, fine. Maybe science babe thinks it's safe. Food babe doesn't think it's safe. You, you tell me it's FDA approved as a dose softening agent. I say, get it the fuck out of there anyway. Who cares? Well, also like, I don't need it. Make the dough a little tougher. I'll be okay. Once well, she's kind of hold on this place where like people don't have to take responsibility for what they eat. Like, like the world should take care of you. Like, Ooh. like it's up to Subway to make sure you don't eat shitty stuff. It's up to you. Well, okay, hold on, man. There's a lot to unpack. It simply means your bread is composed of chemicals, much like everything else you eat. <clears throat> Hari's rule, quote, if a third grader can't pronounce it, don't eat it, end quote. My rule, don't base your diet on the pronunciation skills of an eight-year-old. Zinger. That was a good zinger right there. Yeah. This is a problem. I have a grand theory around this. Do, do, do. You need a little audio cue for that. I'll throw in a sound effect. Okay, please do. Um, So... From an industry perspective, all this natural product stuff comes out of a contrarian, back-to-the-earth, Woodstock hippie vibe that Mother Nature can supply us with everything we need mm-hmm. and make us healthy. And over the past 30, 40 years, we've increasing, increasingly um, uh, banished science from that table. You're not even sort of allowed at the table if you start talking about science. And the epitome of this would be maybe like how strident we've gotten about GMOs and how nobody can understand it. Um, is it just hybrids, hybridization of seeds or are we sort of tweaking Mother Nature to insane and disastrous results? But yes. over the past decades, right, science is no longer invited to the table of what healthy food could mean. As natural has sort of dominated this discussion and we're sort of i think at the peak of that right now i got i got a vibe i got a gut instinct that this Uh stuff is peaking right here um that natural food is 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 the salvation for all of our food ills Uh, because they've kicked science to the curb and what we really need is science to figure out what's legit and what's not in this natural food movement how we're going to grow beyond just natural and organic to like truly sustainable food systems, whether it's water lentils or insects. Um, and so you're going to need all of that science, but instead of making like a red Lake 40, 
you know, terrible artificial color or flavor, you're going to use it to figure out, oh yeah, water lentils are 30% better as a protein source than mealworms. Let's push hard on that. And so I think we're rehabilitating science right here and right now. And there are companies doing this like Hampton Creek that we can talk about some other time. But this article is another example of that. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, I am fed up with this sort of gut instinct, religious, emotional response to food that is not only dismissive of science, but sort of like craps all over it. You don't, you're not, you don't even know yeah. what you're talking about. Well, so you rehabilitate that. that. No, I mean, she's got problems in this article. It's not the, no, she definitely does. But yeah. there, the, one of the commenters uh, compared Food Babe to Sarah Palin, which I think is just spot on. Because <laughs> she is. She's like attractive and... Well, there's a shtick there, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and it's working. I and mean, has got... an audience, but she also, like, if anyone questions her... Oh, yeah, they're blocked. She does, yeah, they're blocked. <laughs> but yeah, I think the Sarah Palin thing fits really well, because she is sort of that... There's a lot of vapidity Ooh, to her. What a word. And it's just I all don't... surface, and it's all reactionary. And so everybody kind of looks at it and goes, like, it's working? Like, she has legions of followers. But who are her followers? I mean... Well, that's a good point. And But it's sort of like, it's that perspective thing again. Going back to podcast, oh, oh, oh. You know, 10 years from now, is the food babe going to matter? No. Probably not, right? And I mean, I think it's there's some redeeming qualities to It matters to her. a lot. For, it's this brief flame that flickers. Right, and like once she burns herself out, at least she'll out. hopefully have raised awareness about certain things. She's done. Look, she's pressured big food companies to eliminate things that, this is where this article, there's nuance to it, right? Like your yoga mat chemical. Fine. In this in this manifestation, it's great for a yoga mat. In this one, it's great to soften dough and bread. I mean, my problem is not that it's going to give me cancer or kill me. I don't know. Yeah. But I don't need it in there. Well, you also don't need to eat at Subway. <laughs> you could buy... What else of... am I going to have with my malt liquor? There you go. You could go to a local bakery and buy some fresh baked bread. There's nothing... This is the larger concern, right? Yeah, it's like, why do we have dough softening agents in there? to create a certain mouthfeel that a bunch of research and food science has determined we want. That's what the real power of the natural... We're unpacking all of that with this natural food stuff. It's kind of like, no, I... One fewer ingredient that I don't know how to pronounce? Great. Yeah. Well, this is like residual from that big movement, I think, in the 50s of like science will improve our, everything about our lives. Well, like science, we, science is going to help us get somewhere and make us healthier and better. And, and we're going to have fun. Well, science is I'm like anything have else. we Cheetos. That's like, going to be fun. I think How do we have fun anymore? Human nature uh, made I mean, human nature found us looking to science for convenience, I think. And we took it too far. Abusing it in a sense. I think we took it too far. And There's we nothing. Still, science can be very helpful. Of course. Applied properly. So I don't think you should just science bash everything. chemicals. That you don't know about. Yeah. Blindly. And I, I wrote this down. I might quote myself because I. Oh, please <laughs> this do. Is gonna, this could come off. Come please do. We need another, another audio cue for that moment. So, like, I, I do try and eat as many whole foods as possible and avoid processed things. But I think being so extreme about not ingesting all this stuff is, is kind of being in denial about the fact that you're complicit in the mutilation and corruption of the environment. Look at you with no, those because we are. I mean, and I'm thinking about the food babe here. Like she flies on airplanes. Oh, we yeah. all do. We, this we, is a this is a thing for you. We love our iPhones, right? We come back to this point quite often. We like plastic bags. Everybody shit smells. We like all this. We like we like all we love all this convenience, right? We're part of the poison. 
the poison is part of us. Like, <laughs> end podcast. Yeah, but I mean, you can't. It's like we're. Tra- it's like. It's, it's, it's a. There's arrogance to it. There is arrogance. to this like quest for purity, because just like your body is an ecosystem, right? Like you live in this. My body ecosystem. is a wonderland. If you are enjoying the spoils of civilization in in even the smallest splinter way, you are part of the poison. Like. You, sure. you can't separate yourself from it. Sure. And, also, and even from like a biological standpoint, like maybe it's good for your body to have a little bit of this shit in it so it's oh, sure. so it doesn't completely freak out if it comes into contact with it in a way you can't Dude, control. This is this is they're starting to think about this with uh, allergies and kids. Like it's like forties, man. You gotta condition your system, yeah. homie. <laughs> and this is one of Food Babe's habits, is like if an article comes under fire, she just deletes it and says she doesn't remember writing it, which yeah, is such a palin move. And, uh, but you know, the internet, there's, they, you can't erase shit off the internet. So, so the article's out there, it's Is called, it the it's called food, babe, travel essentials. No reason to panic on the plane. Oh, this is the cockpit air. Well, yeah, but it just like, listen to how in- inane and dopey this shit is. When your body is in the air at a seriously high altitude, your body undergoes some serious pressure. Just think about it. Airplanes thrive in places we don't. Like airplanes are fucking organisms. Like they're thriving. They're up there reproducing, <laughs> multiplying. <laughs> so she's she's, you know, just so opposed to chemicals and chemicals getting into her food and all this shit that she shows pictures of the snacks that she's bringing on the plane. Veggies and pretzels in plastic bags. Oh yeah. That are like shaking off chemicals like dandruff onto her fucking foods. And she talks about packing a water bottle that you can refill. Which Yes. If you're packing it flat, I'm assuming must be plastic. Yeah, it's probably not BP. It's probably BPA free. But, but even as that we doesn't all matter. Know, don't forget about BPB, BPC, or MPB. Those BPD are really dangerous. MPB will kill you. HHAK, LMNOP. All right. So anyway, is there anything else? I want to see if there's anything else I want to quote myself on. Thanks for listening to the Nashcast, episode zero zero two. This is your other host, Josh Tyson, who will be posting an article pretty soon on Gullet Sleuth Coffee, because that might have been a little confusing. We'll also post links to all the articles discussed in this week's episode on our site, match.is. Till next time, go get yourself a nice frosty 40 ounce of malt liquor, drink it down, chase it with some probiotics. <laughs>